it's Mother's Day, and one thing that I tend to do um, every Mother's Day is I, I like to go and visit the different moms of the Bible and, and learn from their lives and see what type of principles and, and traits and characteristics that I could go ahead and pull from their lives about their, their faith. And on this day, I wanted us to look at a specific mom in the Bible who I've been encouraged by and just learning more about her journey, her story, her faith uh, recently. And, and her name is Sarah. I don't know if you have been able to spend too much time learning about Sarah, but she finds her way uh, in the book of Genesis. She makes herself known. And there's so much that we get to know about her. She was far from perfect, uh, but the Lord had his hand on her life. And there's a specific verse in the book of Hebrews that we get a chance to see her in a, a different light. It's almost like in Genesis, we see her in the real time in action. And then Hebrews looks back and remembers her in a specific way. And so Hebrews chapter 11 is this cool moment where we, we read about what's often called the hall of faith. Um, and the hall of faith, maybe you're familiar with the hall of fame when someone gets inducted into the hall of fame and they, it's this enshrinement where you get to learn all about what they did in their career, or their journey. Well, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it, it highlights a lot of the Old Testament figures that really ran their race of faith um, at one time, and we get to remember them. Hebrews 11, verse 11, gives us a quick description about how the Bible remembers Sarah. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews 11, uh, chapter and verse 11. That's how you can remember it, 11, 11. And we get to learn more about Sarah here today. So if go ahead and flip with me there, log on with me there. Uh, if you need a Bible, put your hand in the air. We'll walk you one down. And that's where we'll land here today. Let's look at it here on the screen. Hebrews 11, verse 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. there. We got a hand up here if we can walk her down a Bible. <clears throat> and we will go ahead and get ready to read. We got some hands up and we would love to bless you with some copies of God's uh, word. So just keep your hand up in the air like you care and uh, we'll bless you with that. Praise uh, the Lord. If you're following online, we're in Hebrews chapter 11. And come on, how many of you know that the Bible says the guys should make the ladies coffee? Why? Because it says Hebrews. Okay. I know, I know. Come on. I need to work on my material. I'm, it's getting old. It's, we got to do better. Sorry about that. Look, come on, we got to laugh at church, right? The, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we need a little strength. Hebrews 11, here's how we remember Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised? The thing I love about this verse is it says Sarah, in one verse, if we can remember Sarah with one thing, it's that, that God gave her a supernatural power to conceive and have a baby, even when she was past the age of when people would be having babies since she considered him faithful who had promised. It says Sarah did some time considering and she began to think and process. And then she thought, God has always been faithful. He'll always be faithful. So he's not gonna stop now. And she considered his faithfulness. And that's one thing we need to do, amen? And she believed in who had promised. Now, I also like the NLT translation. Hebrews 11, 11 in the NLT says it like this. I want you to read it with me off the screen. It says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. 
Are we reading it? Come on, help me out now. Let's start over. Here we go. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. I love this verse right here. It's been speaking to me lately. One, because I love how this is how Sarah was remembered, right? Uh, something about Hebrews 11, it's interesting to me because this verse in the hall of faith could remember Sarah for all of her mess ups. It could remember her for all her struggles. It could remember her for all of her shortcomings and letdowns, but it doesn't, right? How does she get remembered? She gets remembered by her faith. Isn't that good news for all of us? When, when, when God looks at your story in heaven, let me tell you something. He's not going to remember you for all of your failures. He's not going to remember you for all of your sins. He's going to remember you for all of your faith. And the faith that he's given you, the faith that he's opened your eyes to see and he's allowed you to take part in, that faith is the thing that saves. So even in the hall of faith, even though Sarah's got a lot of shortcomings, it doesn't even talk about that here. How, do, how should we remember Sarah? Here's how we should remember Sarah. She was barren and was too old, but she believed. And I want to go ahead and highlight that phrase for a second. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed. I don't know if that's where you're at today, but I wanted to identify with somebody in the scripture today that moms and non-moms could relate to. That mothers and fathers and people that are just struggling or singles or divorced or widows could still look at this scripture and say, you know what, I, I know how that feels. Now this says, though she was barren and was too old, but maybe today you might be in here and you might feel barren, but not in a pregnancy standpoint, you feel barren in your soul. The word barren by definition just means not active, uh, purposeless, lifeless, it's not happening. It's, it's, it's inactive. So maybe today you're like, you know, I'm here at church and I'm, I'm singing the song. I'm, I'm, I know what to do, but I feel barren. My, my emotion, my heart, my soul feels barren. In fact, you know what? I feel like I'm just too old. Maybe today you might say, you know, I miss my prime. I, I'm, I'm no longer the person I was. I, I, I once had a godly ambition. I once had a dream. I once had a desire. I, I, but now those days are gone. Maybe that's where you're at. That's where Sarah was at. Sarah thought, you know what? I'm barren and too old. But that's not where her story ends, amen? amen. But she believed. She considered his faithfulness that God would keep his promise. I love how Tony Evans says it. We can either focus on our problems or focus on his promise. The decision is key, right? Don't allow your problem to be louder than the promise, right? And here's what Sarah did. She, she felt barren in her soul. But she, she believed. And there's something about faith, amen? There's something about faith that could do, that, that just a little bit of faith could change everything. You know, Jesus has this moment in the Gospels where he talks about the faith of a mustard seed. When you get a chance, Google a mustard seed. But do it after the service. Don't Google it now. <laughs> You're going to get distracted. A mustard seed is like a little baby pebble. Here's what that teaches us. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about the size of the one you put your faith into. You can have little baby faith, but if it's in a big, big God, that's all you needed. She had just enough faith that God would keep his promise, and, it, and he did. I love how it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, if you can just... Just go backwards just a couple verses and rewind to verse six. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Today, I bet you if I did a show of hands and I just said, who all wants to please God? I bet you a majority of the people in the room would say, I do. 
Well, it's going to take faith. It's going to take waking up and saying, God, help me to see the things that I don't even know. If, help me to believe it. But even before I see it, that's called faith. It's impossible to please him for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. Today, Walk Church, if you seek him, you'll find him. And if you seek him, I love this, he'll reward your effort. Guess what the reward is? Him. He is him, right? God says, I'm a big enough reward for all of the things that you need. If you seek me, I'm there. I'm him. God says, if you seek me, I'm the reward, and you'll find that I was better than whatever else you thought it could have been. I found that it's easy to have faith in God when the sun's out and it's a blue sky and your gas tank is full and you got food in your belly and you kind of are just kind of cruising through life. It's Praise God. Man, God is great. But when all of that is opposite and you're on E, spiritually and physically, and it's, it seems like you go through life and there's a little cloud that just is on top of your head. It, it takes faith to worship through the storm, amen? It takes faith to still say yes to God when everything else around you feels like a no. It takes faith to, one of the things I've been thinking about is this. The true measurement of a person's faith is what happens in tension. What happens in difficult seasons? Can you still believe? What happens when you're going through the struggle and the answer is not what you thought it would have been and you find yourself in a position like Sarah where you feel barren and too old, unqualified, inadequate. God, how are you going to use somebody like me? It's when you have faith then that God turns things around in your life. I want to encourage you to believe again. In fact, I want to give you the title of my sermon today, can I? The title of my sermon this morning is Dream Again dream again. Come on, somebody say dream again. I felt like some of y'all felt it, but some of you need to dream again. In fact, give a little elbow to the person next to you, even if you don't like them, just a a respectful little, just tell them dream again. Dream again. Tell them dream again. Tell them dream. Now hit the person on the other side. Say, you are my second choice, but I love you. It wasn't personal. Dream again. Put it in the chat. Dream Again, God didn't wake you up this morning so that you could just hit the snooze button and passively go throughout life, lazy, through the motion, just kind of existing. God woke you up to dream again. God woke you up to feel something. Listen, it wasn't your green vegan protein shake that woke you up. It wasn't your alarm clock on your iPhone that woke you up. God decided in eternity he was going to give you another chance today. So go ahead and do something with it. Dream again. Honor him with it. Dream again. Pull a Sarah out and say, I'm too old and I'm barren, but I'm going to believe that God still has more in my story. Dream again. We see this in her, her journey. Dream again. I love this quote from the philosopher and author C.S. Lewis. Lewis says it like this. He says, you're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. You're never too far gone when you're in God's plan. Love what Dane Ortland says. He says, you can't, you can't sin your way out of his grip, right? You're never too old to set another goal. You're never too old to dream a new dream. 
Take it from Sarah to her admission. I'm too old and I'm barren, but she believed. That's a good place to be when you're in your season of tension. I still believe. I still am going to worship through it. I'm going to trust him through it. You're ne- it's never too late. Amen? Amen? To start now. I was reading this quote from Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Automobiles. And I don't know too much about Henry. I just know that he was a great leader in his day from his writings. And Henry says it like this. This quote moved me today. It says, I'm looking for a lot of men who have an infinite capacity to not know what can't be done. Just wait for that to just hit you. It's going to hit you in about 20 seconds. Ford says, I'm looking for people who have an infinite capacity of of what can't be done. Look, it's a limitless mentality. It's like, no, no, we can do it. It's a Tigger mentality, not an Eeyore mentality. You know, Eeyore, you got to just pull everywhere, Eeyore. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all missed the Winnie the Pooh stage, all right? Y'all got to go back in history for that. But Tigger said anything Tigger can do, right? He came in bouncing in. I'm looking for people who are, are dreamers. I think God is looking at the room today. God is looking at the online chat today. Facebook, YouTube, he's looking and he's saying, I'm looking for people who are ready to dream again. Looking for people who are ready to to believe one more time that I have more in store. This is where Sarah was in Genesis chapter 17. So I want to invite you to turn with me to to Genesis 17. Go ahead and flip there, get there. And that's where we're going to land and work our way up from there. Genesis 17, we're going to read the Bible today. Uh, We're going to look into God's word because we should, amen. Hopefully you came to church today uh, hungry for the word. So if you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's see, Father, now as we eat from your word, God, we are well aware that we're needy, we're hungry, and God, we need to hear your voice. So more than just a message from an individual, God, would you communicate your truth through your word, through the preaching of your word? Heavenly Father, give every individual exactly what we need through this message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis 17, we'll pick it up here in verse 15. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So in, right off the jump, we see a name change right here. Powerful moment. He says, I will bless her and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, you ever had a moment like that where you sense like the Holy Spirit giving you something? You felt sense like you got a word from the word or just like God speaking to you and you just kind of, you kind of chuckle a little bit and you just talk to yourself. Can I just tell you God hears that moment? All that talking to yourself, the omnipresent God who is spirit and with us and for us is like, I can hear you. (laughs) Take it from Abe. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. 
And God said, say it with me. No. no. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. I want to just go ahead and park here for a moment. It's really interesting what happens. Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, if you're not too familiar with this story, totally okay. I want to just go ahead and give some catch up with what that means there so we can understand what's going on. Um, and, and can I just say off the jump, the, the Bible is an adventurous book. There's all types of drama and scandal and adventure. You're like, you don't need to watch reality TV. You can just read Genesis and be like, this has all types of stuff. Here's one of those moments. Abraham and Sarah connect, and you can find them in the earlier chapters of Genesis. Well, in Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your wife, Sarah. At that time, her name was Sarai. And you guys are going to have babies and it's going to multiply to the nations as many as the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea is how much I'm going to bless your offspring. And I can imagine Abraham and Sarah that day had a steak dinner and said, woohoo, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's going to happen. We got a word from the word. The issue is many, many, many years later, that had not come forth yet. And so what happened is in their season of waiting, they should have listened to the sermon that I preached a couple weeks ago on worshiping while you're waiting, but they got tired of doing that and they took things into their own hands. Can I just tell you, when you try to do things in your own strength, you mess it up. One of the best ways to create a mess is to try to rush God's plan. One of the best ways to just mess the vibe and the will up for your life is to try to do things in your own strength on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter three, verse five could help a lot of people today. Let me show you the verse. Maybe you've, maybe you've downloaded it. If not, you should download it into your memory. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The problem here in, in Sarah's story is she trusted the Lord with all her heart. It didn't happen in her timing. And so she began to lean on her own understanding. When you lean on your own understanding, you, you, can, you can miss what God intended, and God in his grace can still be at work. Here's, here's what happens. So Sarah and Abraham have a maidservant named Hagar, and Sarah comes up with this really bad idea and says, hey, look, so we're not able to start the family that God promised us in Genesis 12. All right, Abraham, how about you sleep tonight with Hagar, and maybe you can start a family through her, and we'll just raise the kid. Can I just say, somebody said it, don't do it, right? That's the moment where this man of God, Abraham, should have thrown a flag, blown a whistle, called a foul, said, absolutely not. But instead, I almost called him a bozo. Anybody use that word bozo? This dude, this dude said, great idea, let's do it, right? And so he ends up having sexual relations with a woman that's not his wife, and out comes a baby named Ishmael. And who's the most upset about it? Sarah, right? Which was her idea from the beginning. This is a whole trap from the enemy because Abraham's like, it was your idea. And she was like, you weren't supposed to say yes. And then, you know, and here's Hagar with this little baby boy. Like, it's not my fault. Well, it's kind of my fault. And, and now Hagar starts making fun of Sarah. And it's just a, I was going to title this, this sermon, 
uh, Trauma, Drama, Baby Mama. <laughs> that almost titled it that, but I, I withheld. Like, like this show would have been all jacked up, because imagine that house. It was, it was wild. And so now all these years later, Abraham has went through a lot of pain. Sarah's went through a lot of pain. They've caused a big mess. And now God shows up in Genesis chapter 17 and speaks to Abraham and says, here's how it's going to go down. Remember, I promised you in Genesis 12, I know you're age 100 now, and I know Sarah's 90. I still remember my promise, and she's still going to have that baby. And God's still going to move through your life. And what does Abraham say? Look at it with me in Genesis 17. And Abraham says, what about Ishmael? Right? He says, wait, wait. And Abraham said to God, no, he said, shall, Sarah shall, how's that going to happen? And Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And what does God say? No. Can I tell you today, some of God's best answers are no. Sometimes you don't even know what you're praying for, dog. You don't even know what you're asking for. The thing that you're praying about in God's most loving way, God has the all authority and the right and the, the foreknowledge to say, no. If God would have answered his dumb prayer, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, if God would have answered his prayer, I'll say that, with a yes, you'd never even meet Isaac. You'd never meet Jacob. You'd never meet Joseph. But I'm grateful that God, I'm grateful for God's nose because he knew better and he knew, hey, I'm going to say no to this. Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. Does anybody know what the name Isaac means? Laughter. God says, you thought this was a joke. You thought I was funny. I saw you laughing around the corner when you fell on your knees. I'm going to give you a son that every time you see him, he's going to bring you joy. You're going to remember how I said no, but it was for your good. Call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. Verse 20, as for Ishmael, who he mentioned, I've heard you. Behold, I've blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation, but I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. The first point of the sermon here today is simply this. God can turn your mess into a miracle. Amen? I want to tell you that the thing I love about this story right off the bat is Abraham and Sarah create a colossal mess by rushing God's plan, taking things into their own hands, engaging in sexual sin, and not trusting his timing. Create a mess. And God says, I can still turn your mess into a miracle. God does not kick them out and say, all right, fine, you guys deal with your own sin problem. God says, I'm still showing up. I'm still talking to you. I'm still loving you. I'm still faithful to my promise, and I'm going to see this through. God can turn your mess into a miracle. My prayer is that you would respond and say, okay, God, I blew it yesterday, but this is the day that you've made. And your promise is still true. I'm going to go in today. I'm going to start. I'm going to dream again. Come on, somebody say dream again. Dream again. God turns our mess. 
you know, oftentimes I would say God will turn your mess into your message, which is true. Praise God for that. But go even bigger than that. God can turn your mess into a miracle. Like God, even through the messiness of life, anybody else, anybody else ever have some mess in their life or just me? It, through the messiness of life, God can turn your mess into a miracle. But it might not happen in your time. So you got to get close to him in his time and say, Lord, whatever you do, wherever you say, whatever you want, I'm in. And watch him turn your mess into a miracle. Let's jump into chapter 18. What happens next in the story? It's really fascinating. Jump into chapter 18. Here it goes. They said to him, now who's they? So what happens is this. There's these three angels who come down from heaven to give a message to Abraham. And praise God for his agents to come give a message. And sometimes there's some uniqueness in who these different individuals are because they're not necessarily named and then we don't get a ton of description. I would even say from my interpretation, one of those who are part of that crew might have been King Jesus because the incarnate Christ who's always been and who always will be, right? Sometimes he just pop in the Old Testament. Y'all know that, right? Like in the book of Daniel where Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. And all of a sudden, there was a fourth one in there that looked like the son of God. Who was that? And then he's gone. I think that was Jesus. Or when Jacob got into the wilderness and had a wrestling match with the Lord, who was he wrestling? I think that was Jesus. Now, I think Jesus, he might have. I'm not saying definitively. We don't know for sure. It's speculative. I think Jesus might have came and talked to Abraham here. Here's the They said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, She's in the tent. The Lord said, so that's interesting, right? The, the Lord's, who's talking here? There was, there's, they, they, they and went to the Lord, spoke. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. We call her Sneaky Sarah. <laughs> She's like, what y'all talking about over there? They said, who are these guys that are glowing, right? Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. You can't get mad at her for that. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of woman had ceased to be with Sarah. She was 90 and she had lived a long life. But Sarah, uh, Sarah laughed to herself. Something about laughter, amen? This couple was funny. Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? What a conversation this, we get to look into this conversation. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. I love what's happening here. And I love the exchange between Sarah, Abraham, and these angels and slash the, the, the Lord. Here's the text. Sarah laughs to herself. She's behind the tent door. She hears this phrase. She begins to chuckle. And she says, after I'm worn out, I don't know if that resonates with anybody. I don't know if anybody has just felt like I'm worn out. I'm worn out trying to do this thing. I'm worn out saying yes. I'm worn out just in my faith. I'm worn out in life. I've been used. I've been abused. I'm struggling. 
I'm trying to get home to Jesus, and it seems like the hits keep coming. And maybe today you would say with Sarah, now, God, after I'm worn out, and my Lord is old, and that's an interesting phrase right here. It's actually a key statement. Because here she refers to Abraham as Lord. Now, it's the lowercase L-O-R-D. It's not the same word as Lord, capital L-O-R-D. This is another word for leader. So she says, after I'm worn out and my leader is old, we about to have a baby? Me and Abe? I'm worn out. He's definitely worn out. (laughs) And now I'm supposed to have pleasure? And what I love about that phrase, shall I have pleasure, is I, I feel like what Sarah's saying here in this moment, and guess what? She's speaking to herself, but God hears your thoughts. She's saying, is God actually for me? Does God want me to enjoy my life? And I really believe the answer is yes. I believe God is for your joy. Now, now, now hear me. I think we put our peace and confidence in the wrong things, and that's why we are stripped of joy often. Also, it says in Psalm 16, fullness of joy is found in him. God is for your pleasure and your ultimate pleasure and satisfaction is found in him. He says, after I'm worn and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Now, what's interesting about this is in a lot of Abraham and Sarah's life, it seemed like Sarah was the leader of the relationship. Hey, Abraham, I want you to do this and he would do it. But now she refers to him as, him as the leader. What's so neat about that in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 Peter, the disciple of Jesus, references Sarah and says she's the mother of all the moms because she referred to Abraham as Lord. Such a deep moment here that this verse would be applied into the New Testament like that. What we're seeing here is Sarah say, look, I'm worn out. I'm trying to follow my husband and I haven't had any pleasure. And I love how the Lord speaks back and says, why is she laughing? Like I won't do it. Like God is not big enough. Indeed, is anything too hard for the Lord? Can I just highlight this for a second? I want to just talk about this before we close. Come on, say it with me. Is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you don't get another thing from this whole service, if you went to walk church and you forgot all the songs and you forgot all the message, remember this bright yellow quote, is anything too hard for the Lord? When you get in your prayer closet, quote that. When you wake up tomorrow morning, quote that. Tonight before you go to sleep, quote that. And just hear the voice of God say, nothing's too hard for me. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop believing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen? Come on. Nothing's too hard for him. You can make it. You can do it. You can get through it. Take a page out of Abraham and Sarah's book. Now, I love this right here, right? Sarah's listening in. She thinks this in her head. She laughs. The angel says, how come Sarah was laughing? And I wonder if Abraham's like, she was? (laughs) And then Sarah in verse 15 denied it. Sarah jumps in saying, I did not laugh. I wonder if they were like, where'd you come from? I did not laugh for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. (laughs) I love how the angel here or the, the Lord in this case is saying, I was watching you. You don't know it, but I've been watching you all your life. And you were laughing. Just own it. (laughs) And this moment continues. 
And what I want to go ahead and point to your attention in the second point is this, that God can turn your pain into pleasure. Amen. Amen. We saw in the first point, look, God can turn your mess into a miracle. He did it with Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael. He turned that mess and said, I still got a miracle, Isaac coming. Don't give up. And here, Sarah goes, can you really still give me pleasure at this stage of my life? And God says, oh, don't even laugh. Of course I can. What's too hard for me? Friend, I want to encourage you. God can take the pain that you're dealing with, and he can turn your pain into pleasure. He can turn it around. Somebody say, turn it around. Come on, turn it around. He can do it. Let me go ahead and move into the final point of this message here. Let's go ahead and jump into chapter 21. Chapter 21. Are you there? Yeah. Chapter 21. Here's what happens as the conclusion of the story. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son and his, in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who had was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, laughter. Son of my laughter, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as the Lord God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And he said, she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. I love this right here. Uh, the scripture tells us that Sarah, at the conclusion, she says, who would have thought that I would be a 90-year-old nursing mother? Amen that I would be over here with this little baby boy who's the promise of whom God has called me and given me, and I would, be, I would be in this situation that I am here today. Nothing is too hard for him. Worship team's gonna come up and help us close here today. The third and final point of this sermon that I want to leave you with here is this. God can turn your laughter. God can turn your losses into laughter. That's it. God can turn your losses into laughter. For the person today that's struggling with loss, for the person today that's struggling with, man, I just feel like I'm barren, I'm old, and I don't got nothing left. God can turn your losses into laughter. Where you can even look at your season and you can find some pleasure. Mess into a miracle, pain into pleasure. There's nothing that our God can't do losses to laughter. It wasn't quite a loss after all if it led you to him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we close, God, we just recognize how much we need you. But not only do we need you, Lord, we want you. And God, I can imagine that there's somebody here in this room today there's somebody here that's watching online that would say right now, I need that. I needed this. I need to turn away from my sins that just are not working. I need to put my faith in Christ who is working, 
Who's working overtime for me? Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your hands. Lord, I need your gospel. Lord, I need your son, Jesus. And let's just go ahead and call on his name right now. I want to invite you to do that. Just say, Lord, I believe. I receive you as my savior. I, I, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I, I confess today that you died for my sins. And that you rose from the grave. And that you love me. And that you call me yours. Holy Spirit, fill me with your spirit. And strengthen me to dream again. I trust you. I love you. And I'm all in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.